important, please. And are you doing those CDs? Because when I see these things, I want to preach well, you know, because I feel like I'm being recorded. Okay, because you see some of these people in their phones and cars, you find other preachers, same ones except yours. Very committedly listening. They even put you in that same car. <laughs> and asking you what you think about the same one. <laughs> so, maybe it's because we don't record. Oh, it's a provoking to jealousy. Okay. So, um... Strong, therefore, and let your hands let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Let not your hand be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Everybody say, Your work shall be rewarded. 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 So, every reward has a work. The Bible says, The wages of sin is death. The Bible talks about the work of the flesh which eventually becomes the wages of sin, okay? So every work has got a salary, a reward. There are certain things in the Christian faith which we just receive, but then there are certain things which are given for us to give and will be rewarded for it. And this guy was told, do not let your hands be idle because you are going to be rewarded. Your work is going to be rewarded. I just didn't. Because your work is going to be rewarded. The question is, what works are you doing which are going to be rewarded for? I was having a conversation with, uh, you know, this is why I ask you people, make appointments with me. Come, let's just talk. Let's just talk. We talk about your life, we talk about your work, we talk about your assignment. Most of the times you're just talking about what you're going through. <laughs> and you know the thing is, there's nothing wrong with that. But then the thing is, there's a side of us which it doesn't wait. Time is not waiting on us. We've got assignments, we've got work that we need to do for God, which will be rewarded at the end of the day. There are so many things that we go through that we will not understand in life. <coughs> but they shouldn't stop us from being effective in our work for God. At least if so many things didn't work out in life, do not have the testimony you did nothing for God. At least. I don't know if you are getting my point. And far be it from it, you are going to have a great testimony at the end of the day. Amen. But you see, there are certain people who the greatest joy is to know that you labored effectively for God. There's, there's such a joy in it. There's such a joy in knowing that you've labored very effectively for God. Here is a man called Paul. He never lived his dream. He never became the Sadducee or a Pharisee. He ended up being a Christian. All he did was the work of the Lord, but he was still able to say, I raised a good race. I fought a good fight. So what determines whether you are going to make that statement at the end of your life is what works you are going to do. 
He says, do not let your hand be idle because your works are going to be rewarded. Are you listening to me? He says, your works are going to be rewarded. And we were having a conversation with um, uh, with Fred and I began sharing with him how, and I'll share something very close to me. When I, when I, when I was going for my bar exam, I realized my life was going to be very busy. So I sat down with my girlfriend then and began telling her, um, see, my life is going to be very busy. So, you know, and all that talk. And she said, but you know what? In the next few years, you are going to have, your life is going to get busier than this. So if you can't make time for me, and if you can't decide that you are going to have enough time for me, it's better we don't go anywhere, because you are just going to get busier. You see? That was hard to take. <laughs> because I'm quite in love, so. I was like, hey, hola, hola. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't mean for like that, like that. <laughs> so I went to, I went to think about it, and I realized it's true. As we go on, I'm just going to get really busy. I'm going to get busier than this, and I realized my life is just going to be busy. You have to understand, all of you. Let me give you a heads up where you're going. You're just going to get busier. You're going to be very busy, running a lot of things, and committed to a lot of things. So I, 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 after thinking about what she told me, I realized I need to come to a place where I accept who I am. I accept that I'm naturally going to be a busy person in life. I'm going to be busy, that's who I am. I'm going to be very busy. First, all of you individually need attention. Then I've got my many other projects. Then plus her, who all of you, <laughs> you got to her attention. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, you just realize you are going to be busy in life. But when you accept that, you begin to compartmentalize your life because every part of your life is going to need attention. You don't stop one at the expense of the other if they are all important. Oh, by the way, I the best journeys in my relationship when I was at Ziani was so nice. You know, I wasn't too busy for her. So. Please sit here, my sister. Praise God. At the end of the day, I realize that I'm going to be very busy. But my ministry also has been effective. Do you realize that my ministry still has been effective? I've been able to see you. I've been able to minister to you. <coughs> Unless you just don't want. I even ask for people to make appointments. Who can say I've never seen them? I'm always telling them, don't come or come. <coughs> I always give you appointments and I have time for each of you. At the end of the day, when you realize that, then you are going into what we call time management. But that's not what I'm talking about. See? If you become so busy that you've got no works except the fact that you are effective at doing your business and at your workplace, and we're talking about godly works, because no one is going to ask you, Mono, in heaven, how about that place where I used to work? How much money did you make in heaven? No, it's your boss who's going to ask you that. That doesn't really matter to God. That matters to you and how you live on earth. What matters to God is your works. Do, do, do some of you, does it never bother you that you have no works to show? You have no works. Nothing. No works. I don't know if you're afraid. 
I don't know if you are tired. I don't know if you've been offended. All manner of things. Guess what? Life is not waiting. Time is not waiting. We are all busy. I'm also very busy. In fact, I've been busier than most of you. Some of you, two of you combined. <laughs> and I don't mean to boast. There's no boasting in being busy. Start some. But all I'm trying to say is, you can't say you have no works because life is not treating you well. There are so many people in the Bible we can learn from who are very harsh conditions. For you, maybe it's just your school which is being threatened. For some of you, it's just your employment. For some of you, it's your kind of relationship. But really, these people had their lives being threatened. You can imagine your life is under threat. Paul had to hide in a basket for him to be removed from the city so that he could be saved. But he never stopped. Do we have... The Bible says, seeing that we've got this great cloud of witnesses. And it talks about all these people who really worked hard to build the faith. The Bible says, we are built on the foundation of the prophets and apostles, with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. That means it's the, the main foundation, okay? That means, that means Jesus Christ is the main foundation and all these people, they were laid down. Their lives were laid down so that we could be built on them. They gave up their lives. You're not even giving up your life. I'm just, right now, you see, we're in a very good phase. I'm just telling you to manage your time. <laughs> it's so simple. You, 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 us who have a stricter judgment, trust me. That's the problem these days with worldly Christians. Anything, anything shakes them. Even just a symbol like this, we're talking about me. I didn't even call your name. Nothing Just like this, you are, you are offended. So many things move you from doing the right things. No, I don't like the way my stepmother looks at me. Just anything. I don't know. So they are so wobbly. Anything shakes you. You are not living with angels. You are living with people. But look, the Bible says your works shall be rewarded. Somebody say your works shall be rewarded. My works shall be rewarded. My works shall be rewarded. My works shall be rewarded. You see, it's dangerous at our age to just live through life like we don't care. It's dangerous. Especially you who have the privilege of listening to messages like this. Because the Bible says to him who knows to do good and does not do it. Because Yes, Pastor. <laughs> Praise God. Are you listening to me? What's making you so busy? School? There's certain things that should never stand in your way. They're, they are too cheap to stand in your way. The Bible says we've got this treasure in every jars. The gospel. It's a treasure that we must share. And guess what? The Bible says your works shall be rewarded. Your works shall be rewarded. What works are you doing? What works are you doing for God? Just simple invitation, simple invitation to church. We do it consistently for one week. Ah, this change. 
And there are some of you who are very quiet in your groups. I don't know what you're afraid of. Because you're afraid if you become too active, they will tell you to start calling people. <laughs> who will call them if not you? You want me to preach to you and call people at the same time? Ha! Huh? Are you out of your Bible? You see, you have to know what is expected of you and what is expected of me. We are all busy. Look, look at me. We all have our own issues. Don't think you're the only one with a common issue that church. No, we all have the issue with the same church. Yeah, all of you sometimes irritate me. We all have issues. We all have issues. I'm also irritated sometimes where I'm staying. I'm irritated. I'm looking for something. Sometimes I want 5,000 quarts or someone to give me a 5,000. Just that all of you to give me a 5,000 quarts and give me a hug and tell me everything you're going to be okay. We all have that. But then there are some of you who no one is giving me 5,000 and they hug. God has neglected me. It's me, she. Wobbly, wobbly, no character, just wobbly. No character, nothing. Your gang of up for 15 minutes. Then she won't make next week break my car. Break. I don't know, just some of you should come live with me just for a week. Praise God. So there are no works. You don't pray for people, you only pray for yourself. Bless me, bless me. Oh, bless me, bless me. Father, even adopted accents. Father! <laughs> God is thinking, that's obviously not me. <laughs> no character. And you know sometimes what needs do? Needs have a tendency to make you selfish. You can have a genuine need, but Satan can use it to make you selfish. I may not be the best example, but there's, there's so much money I need in my life, but I still give to people. Big amount of money. Do I feel good about it? No. Because I need it. And I realize I can't be selfish. Sometimes someone may need a 2,000, and I may need it less. Because me, I need a 10,000, but I have a 2,000. It won't take me anywhere. So why not give the person who needs it the most? It's a way you begin thinking. Your works. Your works. What are your works? And I wrote, I wrote, you know, I wrote this. I wrote this amazing story, I think. Let me tell you a story that I've been working on. By the way, there's a book, a fictitious book that's coming out. It's called The Bible in 3D, season one. So it's, it's enjoyable. You read it. I'm just telling stories. There's a story of Jonah there, but in my own version, you know, there are all these amazing stories. And uh, in one of the stories, let me just spoil it for you, but I'll not tell you everything. Spoil alert. <laughs> uh, I almost spoiled it. A certain movie. But you see, there is, there is this. <laughs> no, he didn't die. What? So you are all going to watch movies? They are all Christian. Church. They are all upset with the pastor because he is very devil. You know what? Let me spoil it. Okay, no. So 
they, they, um, here's a guy, he, he, he's, he's married to this beautiful lady, and she's, at the time from the story, she's pregnant, so she demands everything, you know how ladies are. You bring them my hair, they want it, she want to wear hard time and then at church they are demanding no there's he's in the ushering department so he has to bring retention reports and he has to have all these meetings and at work he's also having a lot of trouble because his boss has given him he's a lawyer the boss has given him a contract to review and to change one or two clauses because they are about to close in on a deal and he has done very little work tomorrow is a deadline so he dodges from the meeting and he immediately goes into the car and the wife she's like that one for greeting people before you go so he's just there waiting for her to come you know and he has to be kind because she's also very emotional like she'll be so depressed if he says anything so he's in between a rock and a hard place so he's waiting and she's greeting everyone he's greeting people and she's coming to the car taking her time i don't know if that's how they walk and he reaches there and he's just so upset he's pissed off. You know, you can kill us both. He just doesn't bless the Lord. You know? <laughs> and he doesn't want anything to do with his wife. He doesn't want to eat. He just wants to work. And then his wife tells him, You didn't even attend the meeting. It was rude. You know, no, but I'm busy. I have to find something so that you can eat. <laughs> no, but I work too. But you've been on leave for the past one year. Well, we are great, you know. So they're having all that difference, and he's just been very inconsistent at church because he's got all this pressure. So as he's working, his wife is praying in the room, and she falls asleep. As he's working, he's really tired, so he falls asleep, and then Jesus Christ appears again in the dream. But he doesn't know that he's dreaming. He wakes up, and he's thinking. Master, how are you? Um, he doesn't know, he's, he's asking Jesus, how are you? Uh, how's been your day? What can I do for you? <laughs> the, the doors are locked. So Jesus tells him, take a seat. Just in his normal state, his glory has come down. Sits down. So he begins talking to him. How have you been? Ah, oh, Lord, you have no idea. I've been meaning to talk to you, you know. And he's having a conversation. Just have Jesus to yourself. And so he tells him, I've been having all this trouble. Can you imagine? My wife, if only she could be calmer, I'm having all this pressure. So Jesus Christ is listening. Mm-hmm. And then he asks him, how's work? I've been meaning to talk to you about that. I was, I was hoping I could get a new job because my boss is giving me all this trouble and all that kind of stuff. So he explains, he shows him everything. He asks, do you know Jesus is very patient? He goes, wow. So it gets a little weird because he just asks him again, how is work? And he says, um, you want me to repeat myself again? <laughs> so he repeats himself a bit. And then Jesus asks him again, how is work? And then he wakes up and he realizes he was dreaming. Then immediately he remembers a scripture he read about works. So now let me show you the scripture that he read. Because he realizes he probably, Jesus Christ is probably talking about something else rather than what he thinks he's talking about. You are ready? Yes, Pastor. First Corinthians chapter 3. 
verse 12 or be I'll read from verse 12. Second story, eh? We should act. Yes. yes. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials to But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. So it's not a matter of being busy, it's a matter of being productive. Because he said every work will go through a fire. You can imagine you worked one year, and in that one year, that's why it's better you start working earlier. Because we all make mistakes as we're working for the Lord. Sometimes we misunderstand what he means. So, Muria in one year, you in the before one year now before rapture. Oh wow, what what then in that same one you have to make mistakes. The earlier the better, not so. It says, if their work survives, in other words, there shall be some works which shall not even survive the fire. If their work survives, that builder will receive the reward. But if the work is burned out, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a war of flames. And the only thing that's going to save you is because you were saved. But you can imagine, you have salvation, yet without works, you'll be saved like a person who just survived the war fire. So salvation is priority, but it's not enough when it comes to rewards in heaven. So he reads this and he realizes, oh my goodness, I've forsaken my work at church in the house of the Lord. That's what God is talking about, not the contracts he's been working on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Moral of the story is what are your works? One day your works are going to be tested. They are going to be put in a fire. Daniel was taught, and those that led many to righteousness will shine like the stars of the skies forever and ever and ever. Trust me, the difference will be there in heaven as we walk together. One will look dim, even in heaven right there. The other one will look like the one. Here we all look equal, that's the good thing. There, there will be a difference. And it matters because you can imagine, yes, we are going to live maybe a hundred years on earth, but there you are going to live eternity upon thousands and thousands of years. Yet, all that will only be determined by how you lived here. Ah, so if you, real, if you realize that some of the things that are holding you back, some of you are waiting now, fasting, you are going to mistake. So fasting, you are going to take a so you are there trying to grow up. But time is not waiting for you. You keep growing and growing and growing. It never waits. Wali mwana kwenye staranda cha fest nchayi ukazi kisi ababa kuli. It doesn't. This is why for us who carry the anointing, realize that the anointing, the way the anointing is, the anointing is furious, it's, it's fiery, it's strong. The anointing doesn't care you are broke, you will still have the desire to give. The certain people are just still. Don't give yourself a burden you can't carry. Because they just want to give. They don't have money clearly, but they want to give. They are committing themselves. No, I'll take you to school, I'll do it. It's how the anointing is. It doesn't care. You can be sick, but you're feeling the anointing to pray for someone. You can be broke, but you pray for someone and money appears. And that's how it is. You can be very tired, but you just want to preach. You can be dead, your bones are still raising the dead. 
That's how the anointing is. Why? Because God doesn't want us to succumb to the pressures of this world. He wants us to constantly function because there are greater things. There are more things at stake. There's a greater reward that you have to work for. You can be having an exam. I was writing evidence, Hillary. At Ziali, I started seeing visions. Evidence. I'm right. That's one of the courses which has made many people fail. I was seeing a vision. The anointing don't care. <laughs> right there, man, the vision opened. I started seeing stuff. Praise God. Took a few minutes. Saw the stuff. Wrote it at the tablets of my heart. Continued writing the exam. It done. The anointing. <laughs> you are listening, Bono. Even right there when you are in your worst fears, your desire to serve God will still be there. Because time is not waiting. Time is not waiting. Children of God, I'm here to encourage you. Do not be weighed down by what you are going through. Don't hold on to the, to the depression or whoever disappointed you or what you don't have. He was told, as for you, do not let your hand be lazy. Keep working because your reward is definitely coming in this life and the life to come. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I want to encourage you towards one work, then we'll close. Give me, and I feel, because recently I've been doing a lot of, I've been doing a lot of reading, um, I've been doing a lot of YouTubing actually on the, uh, the Islam religion and how cruel it can get and honor killings and all that kind of stuff. And I came across a number of stories of how people survive being killed and all that kind of stuff. Because you know how the Sharia law is, you give your life to Christ, you are you are a disgrace to the family. So for them to retain their honor, they have to kill you, literally. And your father has to kill you or your uncle. One of those people have to kill you. Even, even here. I believe it happens. There's a story of a certain woman who was um, in, in Makeni who gave her life to Christ. Then they got her, they, they put water in this drum and then they put electricity in it and they were going to throw her in it. You know? When she noticed that, they, they actually got her, they undressed her. So when she had an opportunity to escape over the wall, she just jumped and she ran to the road, naked. Well, at least everybody thought she was crazy. Obviously, she has to be crazy. You don't run like that in your Adam suit or something. So that's how she ran away. They don't know where she is. She ministers the gospel. But there are many people who died because they believed in Jesus. I was watching this story of a young lady called Rivka who said she was constantly feeling empty because those people are taught the way, you know the way, that's how, the way that our faith is of the heart for them, their faith is a culture. It's in the way you wash your hands, the way you sit down, the way you serve food, the way you greet people. They are Faith is in their culture. 
So it's different from the time you are born. By the time you are five, you are taught to recite literally the whole Quran. And you are taught to read the whole Quran. You know, if you are a man, you know that kind of thing. So it's in their culture. So it's hard for those people to leave and join the faith. But I, I read the story of this young lady who also converted to the faith. And, you know, all these stories I read, one thing was standing out as a common factor. The fact that every time all of them said, some of them didn't even know how to go about it. They just said, um, Jesus, if you are real, I welcome you, come into my heart. And then suddenly with all of them, about three of the stories, I, 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 I about four of the stories I followed, all of them said, there was this peace and presence and love that came over me. And that young lady would go in her bathroom, close the door and just worship at night when everybody is sleeping. That means something really happened on the inside of her. When somebody, you know, some of you, obviously you got used, you got Mwajaira, and sometimes there's that temptation, you Jaira. But you know, you are, you may get used, but you are, you are in a way better place than many people who don't have salvation. There's something they lack within them. Anything, 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 you, we, we have a weakness, we human beings, anything you are exposed to for a very long period of time, you get used to. The girl you thought was so pretty, the moment she says yes, two months later, you stop giving her the honor you used to give her, especially men. We've got this ability to take women for granted. I love a baby. Suddenly, you ask, you've, you've, stopped, you've stopped being moved by her the way you used but you are used to her. Do you know how many used to fear me before? Hi, I was Uncle Daniel. <laughs> I was a second speech of Ah, no, Papa. Guys, <laughs> I get rebukes. I'm just thinking about You know, so, you people, um, when you read Rick Joyner, when you read Rick Joyner, he talks about, if any of you have read the book, The Final Quest, it's an amazing book, I will ask you to read it. Very short, but very powerful. He says, I moved with angels so much that it stopped, stopped bothering me that I'm with angels. He was with angels so much that he stopped freaking out. He became normal. When I had a vision of heaven, I went up and I was on the back of this angel. But when we reached there and he started walking me about, I wasn't seeing him, but he was there and I could hear his voice through my thoughts. We are right, yeah. But it became so normal, I stopped freaking out. You know, it just started feeling like, yeah, this is my guy, I'm with him, you know. So you can get used to anything. In the same way, I'm just telling you this to tell you that we can get very used to being in the presence of God and the peace we have that we stop realizing that it's a privilege and there are many people who like it and they don't feel the way we feel. Sometimes you don't even know how you feel. You feel like everyone feels the way you feel. No. They feel differently. There's something they lack because they don't have the presence of God. So all of these people were saying, there's this presence I felt. One lady says she was always having anxiety attacks. But when she said, okay, and you know, there was always that one brave brother or sister who stepped out and said, I'm inviting you to church. And I'll tell you this, do not be afraid to befriend people. You, you are not called to yourself, I will not encroach in it. No, 
you you are not called to be an introvert. I'm not saying be talkative. I'm just saying you you are called to be able to reach out. Don't be afraid. Just reach out. Sometimes it's just inviting someone to church. You just invite someone to church, and before you know it, God has hit them. God has met them. Most of you, you gave your life to Christ because somebody invited you to church of course, some meeting. So we are not just trying to increase our church. Thank God if they increase. We want to. But there's more. <coughs> somebody say there's more. There's more. You can imagine there are some of you, there are some of your friends who, had you not invited them to church, they would have not known Jesus today. They would have not known Jesus today. Despite how many slaps we are giving you and how we are forcing you, <laughs> they wouldn't have still known Jesus today. It's better to be in a place where, yes, now we are forcing them to work in church, attend it. It's better than being in the world. I don't know if you get my point. It's way better. The trouble you're having in church is way better than the one you have without Jesus. It's better trouble. Trust me. One day you will thank me, ah, Pastor, we know, bring money. You just can't thank me like that. <laughs> Can you give me money? Make sure I have to bring it fast before Jesus finds me. <laughs> so all of them were saying, there's this peace which came upon them the moment that they received Jesus. And they realized, yes. You know, I grew up in a place where my sister, right? Me, when I, when I was born, I was born believing Jesus is Lord. I had no opportunity, no human rights, no. You, you can tell me you've grown up in a pastor's kids. You have more, no, especially in Africa. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you want what? You have no opportunity to choose who you serve. No. You are born a Christian. Mom used to lead me to Christ all my life. <laughs> Just to be sure. I'm telling you, this is how it used to be until I was seven. That's when I consciously made that decision. But even before I constantly, for me there was no question. I never saw Jesus, but I constantly believed he was Lord. He will come again, he lives in my heart. And that's how your children will grow. I have the other one Jesus lives in your chest. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you give them all those. No. Gakuromu in a guy there are some decisions you have to make for them. See? But anyways, it doesn't always work because the person is an independent individual. But it eventually works. When my sister finished school, when she finished school, Esther, she went for a camp. When she came back, she said, I received Jesus. And there's a peace which has come over me. And I was shaken because I was wondering, I never felt that peace. <laughs> Do I, I really say it? Do you know? And I don't, I didn't remember, I didn't really have a good memory of me having that kind of peace. But that always had peace. I probably just became familiar. But for her, she needed assurance because maybe her faith was not as strong. So she had that experience. You could feel there's a joy on her face. There's something that changed about her. There's a peace which came upon her. She stopped being she was, she became sweeter, you know. You could tell how And this is what we have to give everyone. Brothers and sisters, there's such a thing as being saved. 
Please, never forget this. There's such a thing, it's not being weird. There's such a thing as being born again. There's such a thing as someone giving their life to Christ. There's such a thing as being born again. Because he said in John chapter 3 that you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He just didn't say the kingdom of God. He mentioned heaven. He said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, if he said kingdom of God, it would have been a different case. But when he says kingdom of heaven, there is something he's trying to communicate. It's not just a matter of his place semantics. There's a message being communicated there. One day we'll be faced with the question of heaven. Some people will enter and some people will not. And it's very bad to miss heaven. When I had that encounter, I think one of the worst experiences I had, when I was supposed to leave, 50? Okay. One of the worst experiences and one of the worst thoughts was knowing that you will never come out of hell. You know, I was telling people earlier today, you know how people, you know how people, it was supposed to be done now. Okay. You know how, you know how people, Maybe their boyfriend broke up with them and they are so depressed right now. <laughs> they wake up in the morning, they don't want to have heavy breakfast, they just want to have cereals. Yeah, even having cereals, yeah. <laughs> I'm like hopeless right now. Life is life is just gone down south. You know? I don't know, I don't know what these people are trying to do. I'm just hopeless right now, you know, you're a guy, you're thinking I didn't. I didn't clear my exam, you know, <laughs> life is so bad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you have all that hope. All that hope. You haven't eaten something of it because you're going to go pick a something. All that hope, you're going to have something. Wow. Sometimes people should just be thankful, yeah? No, we change the my way. And I will tell you this. Remember what I told you. Sometimes depression is because you are not grateful for the things God is doing in your life. Kind. Whenever you begin feeling depressed, start counting up what it will change. The pastor, at least I like sixty percent. You may not like me so much. And at least you, I learn one or two things from him. At least I'm in school, you know. There are so many things you can thank and write them down in detail. So many things you can thank God for. I've got somewhere I'm sleeping. At least I eat every day. Just thank God for that. The Bible says, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Don't be an ungrateful Christian. Because they didn't pick you for an interview. Hey! Eloy, Eloy. Lava Sama Academics. After all that giving, all those players. You have so much hope. Praise the Lord. Just thank God and expect better next. If it doesn't work out, just say something better is about to come. Praise God. And then move on with your life. 
Don't tell me, no, me, I don't understand. Is it the only first thing you don't understand? If we check maths, you rewrote. <laughs> but you did. <didn't. laughs> you did that. No, I don't understand. Why did I fail? No, I feel like. I feel like. <laughs> it's just one of those things you don't understand. It's normal. So many things happen that we all don't understand. It's not time to give up. Praise God. <laughs> but today, there are people, your friends, they will never have hope. Because you never invited them, and you don't even know how people blame you. Can you imagine for inviting someone who is blaming you? Because I'm not gonna ask you for a session. You decided to let them have their own way. Chawa mundo akupa jo lemo jo zaini ndeti akche jaku bloka chawa because of that church draw that church guy better. As a man, just tell me, Pastor, I'm inviting a sinner. <laughs> and I've done that for people and they've gotten saved. People have told me, Pastor, I'm seeing, I'm inviting someone from the wild. Some people are from the world, others are from the wild. <laughs> they are so wild. And I do it. No? Praise God. So I'm encouraging all of us to grow towards doing good works. Praise God. And let's stand up. I want. I want all of you, you see, do not be discouraged. Whatever you've been doing for the Lord, being committed, praying for people, serving in your department, just being there, encouraging people to come to church, whatever you've been doing, whatever your works are, one day, some, some of it's giving. Whatever you've been doing, you've been doing, could be serving in the department. Do not be discouraged because maybe things are not going on well. Faith says I'm receiving it now, but trusting in God means I don't understand why you don't have it now, but I will still believe in you. And we have to grow to that place as Christians. Remember, it's not everything we understand. The Bible says trust in the Lord with 50% of your heart and lean not on some of your understanding. In some of your ways, Acknowledge and you direct most of your past. <laughs> so you read the context of Proverbs 3 verse 5 and you notice how it demands that you do everything. I want us to, to just rededicate our works to the Lord right now. All of us just within the next three minutes ask God to use us. Let's begin praying for his glory. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done to us, but we know that there's greater work than in Asia we can do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate our lives, our hands, our words, our environment, our money, our will. Lord, use me once again, like never before, cause me to be defended in my execution. Lord, I can write better. I can pray better. I can read better. I can change me God. I can change better. 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 I can change